Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined on the phone by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going today? I'm walking here. <laughs> Rob, of course, uh, in Brooklyn this week, so uh, he's in full uh, he's in full character. Rob, what was it like walking around the streets up there in New York City? I'm walking here. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> is it is it yelling up to you from like a from like the the three stories down on the on Seventh <laughs> Avenue or something? Uh, well, he's I'm down there walking. <laughs> Rob, is, Rob isn't with us this week, and he never listens to the show, so we can make fun of him as much as we want. Yeah, so uh, he he came back from Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Rob, I'm sure he had a New York slice and took the L train and whatnot. So. Uh, that other voice you hear is Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going? Man, you know, I don't know who I'm looking forward to making fun of most. Rob Cassidy not being here or Trey Wingo from the NFL draft coverage. He was three pounds when he was born as a premium baby. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> Nick, you really got a kick out of that premium baby clip, huh? It's, it's been well established. Who was that? Who was the premium baby? I, can't, I don't even re- I don't even remember anymore, and it doesn't yeah, matter. You say, yeah, say uh, sadly, our boy Trey left a lot to be desired, including taking plenty of shots at the recruiting rankings, which I always enjoy. For yeah, some he, reason, he couldn't be he couldn't be underestimated enough on that broadcast. Though. But then, when it's the guys we said were going to be good, we don't get credit for that ever. Unless they get drafted later or go undrafted, in which case they say, oh, well, this guy was a highly ranked recruit. Um, so anyway, let's jump. Uh, well, let's, before we jump into it, we want to give our usual plugs. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, uh, at Rivals Podcast, at Rivals Woody, and at Rivals Krug City. That's Krug with two O's. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Send us an email, rivalspodcast at yahoo.com, where if you send us some questions, we'll answer them. Nobody ever does, except for that one that sent one like two years ago. and I. Uh, I forgot to check the mailbox, but I do have the alerts on my phone now. I'm checking it constantly. So uh, let us know what you want to talk about. We still are stuck on 75 reviews. Come on, people. We know it's a slow time of year, but uh, hook us up. So we talked a lot of NFL draft last week. We went through a bunch of categories. Uh, we got in a bunch of trouble, as usual, for saying stuff we're not supposed to say. Um so we're not going to do that this week because Nick doesn't want to do any extra work. I don't blame him. But we are going to talk about it, and we are going to make fun of Trey Wingo. Real quick draft wrap. Nick, anything that surprised you? We, You and I were both watching basically the whole time, right? Uh, yeah, you know – well, you're you're really good about uh, traditional actually, and I I did not follow your Twitter as the draft was happening, but I do know how uh, how good you are about you know when a guy gets drafted, you you know in the past have called up their profile, said this is where he's been ranked, et cetera, et cetera. Did you did you do that this year or no? Yeah, I did it for the first round. I wasn't going to do it, and I had a couple of people be like, "Hey, are you going to do it?" And I was like, "Nah, I don't feel like it." And then they were like, "Come on, we're yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so and and of course, I'm I'm one of those people now. After the fact, you know, asking for it, and of course, I wasn't looking for it uh, as it was going on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the you know, I guess one of the biggest surprises is is Baker Mayfield going uh, first overall. Just you know, I out of out of all this, out of all the quarterbacks available, um, you know, I, I suppose he's as a good a choice as any. But I mean, did did anybody really expect him to be the the number one? Uh, pick there. I mean, that that seemed to be a pretty emotional decision 
uh, made made by the Browns uh, front office to to get a guy that was, um, you know, his had so much uh, attention put on him based on you know more than just his play, you know, between his personality and the stuff that he's had going on uh, around him, you know. So so I mean that that was a big surprise. I mean there, there's a lot of guys that come, uh, you know, from different parts of the country, uh, you know that. Um, you know, may, maybe you're a little bit more of a surprise to you having uh, paid a little bit closer attention over the years than, than <laughs> maybe I have. But uh, but I mean, that obviously is the is the big story to me. Yeah, I think we saw I, I was surprised Georgia, the state of Georgia only had 12 players drafted a very low number, uh, especially considering they had a big number last year. Texas had a great year in the draft. It was the three big states, Florida, Texas, California, uh, with the most guys drafted. Get, get it, you know, touching on Baker. I just wish I, I really just wanted to go through everyone's tweets from whenever he planted that flag or grabbed his crotch or whatever people were, his draft stock is tanking. Uh, he went number one in the draft. So I don't want to hear it ever again. You know that the other problem I had, and this is a mini rant as I must knock over the table with my microphone on it was how many times, first of all, Darius guys, All of a sudden, we heard these vagaries on both broadcasts, first on ESPN, then on the NFL Network, where they led with saying, oh, you know, he fired his agent, a lot of concerns there, there's a potential embarrassing issue that hasn't come out yet. Listen, if you're going to report something, report it and tell us what it is. Don't lie and say, oh, you know, here's what happened. How about this? He fired his agent. You lead with that. So that means the agent told you he got fired and the agent probably planted the bad stories about him. Don't just go and say stuff and make things up. How about that? Oh, yeah. That character issue is a potentially embarrassing story. So the embarrassing story that came out was that he allegedly got in a fight with someone when he was visiting the Eagles. Well, then they asked the Eagles president and coach about it, and they were like, no, that never happened. So because of those rumors and innuendo, a guy who was one of the best running backs in the draft fell, you know, way more than he should have. It's so stupid. And then even when Bo Scarborough got drafted in the seventh round, oh, yeah, some character concerns, off-field concerns. Say what they are. When Mike Hughes got drafted from UCF, they basically read a laundry list of things he had gotten into, you know, kicked off the team in North Carolina or, you know, suspended or investigated for this, that, and the third. Tell us that. Don't speak in vagaries. And I personally, I, I would, I, I'd like to see somebody call these people out a little more, you know, the Todd McShay. <laughs> should we, should we, uh, should we address the, the, the character issues that we personally know about Bo Scarborough. <laughs> Listen, I, I like so if, Bo you wanna, if you, if you want to call, if you want to, if you want to address these things head on, by all means, why don't you, uh, why don't you go back into the, <laughs> into the, uh, the bag of experiences that, that uh, we've had with Bo Scarborough. Listen, I, know, I you know, I, I, I don't remember what you're specifically talking about, about Bo, but I do have plenty of character issues about other people, stories I know, things that have happened. And if I was working on that broadcast, I would say that's what happened. I would say, you know, at this time, this happened. He, you know, there were rumors about this. You know, sources that in the know told me this. At least attribute it to somebody. Don't just pop off at the mouth. Uh, so that really made me mad. I was getting real mad. Well, well. so do you believe, do you or don't you believe that he got into a fight with somebody at the Eagles on a visit? I don't believe that. Even Why? though he he punched someone in the Army All American game mid game, so it wouldn't be, wouldn't be the first time. 
Uh, I think that if it happened, the Eagles would have said there wasn't, they would have been va- more vague than coming out and flat out denying it because he went to the Redskins, you know, they're rivals. So what are they going to do? Make the Redskins look better. You know what I mean? Okay. So, but, but, you know, I think people were concerned. Oh, did he lie about the questions he was asked? I mean, he's kind of an eccentric personality. I remember him in high school, you know, him being pretty mad about his ranking and whatnot. And, and, you know, people saying how good he was and guess what? It turned out to be true, but uh, I just think, uh, I, what, I was his, what was his final ranking when he well, five star? No, he finished. No, I'm saying, yeah, well, he was complaining when he was in like the two hundreds or something and we ended up making him a five star at the end. Uh, or maybe before the army bowl after his senior year, I think we made him a five star. Our boy, Jimmy Smith was really pounding the table for him at the time. Well, it's like, you know, it's like I always tell kids, you know, when we go back, how far are we removed now from when, from when he graduated high school? Three years, two, yeah. four years, three years, three years, three years. I mean, you know, at this point, no, nobody remembers what his ranking was. We don't even remember what his ranking was prior to the start of his, his senior season. You know, you, all you can do is go back and look at it after he graduates. He finished as a five star. What's there to be upset about? Right, exactly. Well, believe me, I wish that were the case as uh, I've been taking it on the chin lately trying to get uh, people to sign up for camps. And uh, (laughs) the first question I get is uh, in reference to rankings. So, uh, oh, last thing before we move on from the draft. The pick of the draft. The New England Patriots selecting (laughs) with the uh, 285th pick in the 2018 NFL draft, the New England Patriots select Wide receiver, Braxton Berrios, wide receiver, Miami. A match made in heaven, really, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. How, uh, did you, have, you asked, have you asked Braxton how the NFL smells? <laughs> I have not. I haven't asked him. I, I, I was waiting for Farrell to chime in. I think rivals Mike uh, abstained. He didn't even engage with me. Uh, so... Uh, I did. I did exchange some messages with old takes exposed, uh, but we couldn't find any evidence on Mike. So, <laughs> sorry, didn't didn't work out. Uh, didn't work out for me to. You know, pin- in a in a uh, related, you know, I guess shout out to one of our pseudo podcast uh, friends. Um, I was listening to the the Ringer NFL show, and they were talking about uh, how much they liked uh, the pick of Braxton Berrios to the New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it pans out. I'm just happy that uh, Braxton is in the NFL. Guy we loved having at camps. We loved ch- chatting it up with. Great personality. Uh, so big shout to him. And that was one of the ones I was bragging about. And I got nervous. I actually started getting nervous. He wasn't going to get drafted. Uh, and then he did get picked. So so big shout, uh, Braxton. So anyway, that's our NFL. that wraps up our NFL draft coverage. For the most part, we do have a little bit of a topic here to move on to. You mentioned the Browns drafting uh, – notorious bad boy uh baker mayfield and guess what they passed on josh rosen the guy i think we all said or at least rob and i said would, would be our number one quarterback well uh, oh so so let's so so let me let me just ask you a quick question here so so we said last week who's going to be the most wait, what was the how was it framed who's going to be the most successful quarterback yeah and so and so i took uh, uh mason rudolph and now he's he's playing. I I feel like we've got a uh, situation where, you know, he's uh, assuming nothing happens to Ben in the way of an injury or anything like that. I, I think I think we sort of have like a a Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers scenario going on here with uh, Big Ben and Mason. 
And I think he's personally set up uh, to, you know, to have the most success at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, because he's, he's not going to be thrown to the wolves right away. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, uh, I think it's a good fit. And then you heard, of course, you know, it was funny because it seems like just last year we, at this time we were like, Oh, is Roethlisberger going to retire? He's not sure. And then he was like, then I saw this week, he's like, I'm going to play three or four more years. It's so funny how when they draft a quarterback, all of a sudden, you know, that was the case, uh, you know, with Favre. Oh, I'm retiring. I'm not retiring. And they draft a quarterback and all of a sudden he wants to play, you know, every well, year. Well, you know, he, he let, let's not forget, he famously made those comments after the first time he lost to Jacksonville last season. So, <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, nevertheless, he's playing for three or four more years and it should work out well with uh, Mason being the backup. Not so good for our boy Josh Dobbs, who was just drafted Last year by Pittsburgh kind of struggled uh, when he saw the field a little bit. So we'll see how that shakes out with those two. And then who was the other quarterback? The guy from Oklahoma. What was his name? Baker. No, no. The backup on. Uh... Oh, Landry. <laughs> yeah, Landry, Landry Jones. Jones. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen to him. I thought he looked okay when he played in the NFL. But anyway, so Rosen, chosen Rosen, friend of the show. Uh <laughs> For some reason, this guy, Alonzo Highsmith, vice president of player personnel for the Cleveland Browns, spoke to the Football Hall of Fame Luncheon Club, and he gave all sorts of quotes, right? Uh, Josh Allen's inaccuracy was a problem for Alonzo Highsmith. Then this one, which was written by our coworker, Liz uh, Rocher, Rocher, who works for Yahoo Sports. She wrote, uh, Josh Rosen wasn't drafted by the Browns because of a UCLA volleyball coach. <laughs> so, so our boy, uh, um, so our boy Alonzo gives these quotes. He says, I was at an airport. UCLA's volleyball team was in front of me. You heard so much about Rosen. He's this or he's that. We all know how people talk. So I asked one of the volleyball coaches, what's Rosen like? He said, Ah, you should uh, probably ask his girlfriend. She's one of the players. She's over there. I'm like, all right, coach, that's good enough. I don't know what all this means, but there was something about him that bothered me. (laughs) When I first read that to you pre-show, you thought maybe he was talking about the volleyball coach he didn't like, but he was talking about Rosen. Um, And our our, our girl Liz writes it down. Let's break it down step by step. Highsmith is at an airport and sees the UCLA volleyball team. So he goes up to the coach and asks about Rosen, even though it's not clear why Highsmith thought the volleyball coach would know one of the football players well enough to talk about him. The coach may or may not have known Rosen personally, uh, but he pointed out someone who definitely knew him well. Instead of talking with Rosen's girlfriend, Highsmith ended the conversation without talking to anyone else. Somehow, for some reason, that interaction gave Highsmith negative feelings about Rosen. Well, okay, so here's <laughs> so 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 there's a there's a couple of different of react uh, different reactions that I have uh, according to all of this, and maybe one of them falls in line with yours. <clears throat> the first, I mean, the first, the obvious one that I, I need to bring up, in, in especially in reference to Rob, who's who's not here, is we have to draw the parallel with asking a janitor, uh, you know, about the about the character of somebody that would be a peripheral personality in that person's life, um, which was great alliteration by me, by the way, yeah! and uh, <laughs> and of course, um, 
you know, and of course we didn't even make it that far. Uh, my, you know, listening back to the, to the run of, of events that led up to that decision, maybe this, uh, maybe this front office person actually has some kind of undiagnosed, uh, social anxiety disorder and, uh, trying to talk to two people about one person was just a step too far for him and he couldn't bring himself to do it. And that's, that might be, that might be where I'm, I'm most settled on right now. Uh, the other thing being, I mean, can we can we verify that's actually his girlfriend? Was she the one in the hot tub in his dorm room way back when? Uh, you know, would he just jump in any time here with any sort of uh, theories or concerns that you might have of this scenario? Sorry, I've got Slack messages coming in left and right. So wow. uh, I was trying ask to them, ask them if they know about Josh and what they think about him. Listen, I think that football, this is a classic, another example of, Rob, Rob's theory that people say things just to impress other football people. If you don't want to draft Rosen, just say, uh, say there you go. Just say we like, uh, you know, hey, we like Mayfield. Why do you have to rip the other guy? What is it? Why does that have to be a thing? I, I don't, I don't get it. I guess I could maybe, it. maybe it's a, maybe it's a situation where, you know, there, you can, you can, you can't, you have to, you have to make it seem like you have the best guy. It's not just I like my guy, you can like your guy and 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 that's that. It's my guy is definitely better than your guy because we took him number 1 overall and there's no doubt about it. Oh man, what a yeah. I I just the NFL, you know, this is why we don't pay attention to it. Well, you do. Do you still do the thing where you watch the coaches tape? Is that still a thing you're doing this 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 time of year? Um, if, well, I did it, I did it more when Jacksonville wasn't as good because then I wasn't in such a hurry to watch the games. Um, but it usually takes them like a day or two to, to whip that together. Uh, whereas. So you're trying to pay it when Jacksonville's good, you're trying to watch the games live. Well, I mean, is, is, is close to live as I can. I mean, you know, we're out, you know, doing whatever on the weekends most of the time. So. <laughs> you always got something. You always got something going on over there. So, all right, enough NFL draft. That's it. We're putting it to bed, except for the two thousand word article I have to write later tonight uh, with Mike Farrell. Uh, spring game attendance. We skipped over this topic last week because we did our NFL draft special. But I wanted to weigh in on this. So uh, we saw a lot of this, especially at Nebraska, talking about. Uh, you know, talking about how much, how many people were going to get there. They had 90,000 people there, uh, all that stuff, right? Well, you know, Jeremy Pruitt, the new coach at Tennessee, came out and was and was mad. <laughs> he was mad at the fans, right? Because they didn't have, you know, they had 40,000 people there. I think they announced 60,000. Um, but, but I'm trying to get the... Uh, Trying to get the. Uh, well, I'm looking it up right now. So for just for the SEC, because that's the first thing that came up. Georgia, Georgia was number one at eighty-two thousand, which is not surprising considering how good they were this past season, all the all the recruiting momentum that they've had. Alabama, number two at seventy-four thousand four hundred and thirty-two. Tennessee, number three at sixty-five thousand ninety-eight. Okay, so this is where it comes in. Our former coworker. Uh, sort of colleague Phil Kaplan, who works uh, at the newspaper there in Knoxville, worked with us uh, when we were part of the old Scripps family at the Naples Daily News. Uh, headline from our boy Phil: Tennessee Vols spring football game attendance announced at inflated sixty five thousand ninety eight, and then he's got a picture where basically the whole upper deck is empty. 
Um, you know, and, and then here's what Pruitt says. I think we all need to look in the mirror and see who we want to be. The ones that were here, I'm proud they were here. They're fired up. They're ready to get going. And then there were some people that wasn't here that had legitimate reasons. They couldn't be here. Then there were some people that wasn't here that, why wasn't they here? <laughs> Rob Rob had a lot of issues with that whole, Rob sent me that uh, shortly thereafter and said, what does this mean? This is just word salad, which is a term that Rob likes to use. Guess you know, this, what? Is, this is another example. You and me have talked before. Like, if you know the spirit of what the guy is trying right. to say, yeah, why, why are you that. screwing up your own story by making it harder to read? You know, just put in warrant. Just do it. <laughs> right. I would clean. I would clean that quote up personally. Uh, but I'm not. You know, our boy Phil is a you know <laughs> renowned journalist. I, gonna, <laughs> I almost. I almost said something else. Uh, about a man and a journalist, a quote that we usually use, uh, which I'm not sure if you if you pick up what I'm putting down. But anyway, we love Phil, so big shout to him. Here's the thing. He says, you know, oh, with an estimated crowd between 40 and 45,000, and that was generous. Guess what? That would fill up entire stadiums in the Pac-12. You know what I'm saying? So, so, 40, so 40, let's say it's 45,000, that still puts him in at fifth, Fifth overall in the conference. Okay, you look up. Well, I talk for a little. Look up Pac-12 spring game attendance, please. I guarantee you the highest one was 25,000. So my point is, look, I I sort of understand where he's coming from. Hey, you know, what's what's the deal? We wanted all these people here. But the problem is he didn't do a lot of interviews. He didn't mention a lot of players during the spring because, you know, obviously he's trying to get everyone whipped into shape over there. And we've heard a lot of talk about that. But 45,000 people came came out, you know, and I think you need to focus on them. Guess what? That stadium's going to be full to the brim uh, every game they play in the fall. I mean, you know, I, I just think sometimes we need to pull back a little bit, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, Alabama, you know, you're not at Alabama anymore. Guess what? You know, it, Alabama's stadium's not completely full for the spring game. It may be a little more. Tennessee's had bigger crowds. And I, my guess would be if they would have started a campaign you know, a month in advance saying, hey, we need to get this full. We need to get this full. It's for and help recruiting. Well, guess what? I talked to recruits at the camp in Charlotte about spring game attendance. So you could find that article on the site. And I, I mean, probably three fourths of them were like, no, nah, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's cool. You want to play an exciting environment. But one kid was like, it's just a practice. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's one thing if it's empty on game days. It's another thing if it's a spring game. Well, I mean, it's but the, the problem is, yeah, but part of the problem is now, I mean, you know, and again, and we've talked about this on on other shows recently. Is just you know, is like in my like in Texas, for example, how how many kids want to take these want to knock out all their official visits by the end of summer? And in that case, the the spring game is significant, you know. Um, but but I I don't know for whatever reason that culturally here there, there's just a different perspective towards it than you know than than some of the some of the attitude that, you know, like we talked about in the Southeast, but even, but here's the thing, look, I didn't, I couldn't find PAC 12 specifically on a quick internet search, but still 45,000 would still put them in. I'm looking at the top 10 as, as reported by, um, some, Oh, the a land of land of 10. I don't know if we're allowed to give them a big shout or not, but, but anyway, they, they put in, they put in Ohio state had 47,803 and that's the 10th most highly attended spring game 
you know, o- overall. So 45,000 still puts you what in the, in the top 15 or something like that. I mean, that's great. Texas A&M was giving out tickets, has a new staff there with a coach that won a national championship, lots of excitement around the, around the turn of the program. And they came in at 48,000. So, you know, I, I mean, I think maybe some of it in, in, in Pruitt's case, I, you always got to take things with a grain of salt when when it seems like a coach is coming across as critical because he I'm sure he didn't just come out in his opening statement after the game or maybe he did maybe he watched the press conference and, and didn't just come out and the first thing that he say was was a, a persecution of the fans for not showing up um, you know perhaps that question was was probably prompted to him but yeah well he was the other, the other thing the other thing too is I mean how many people fit in that stadium on a full game day 110,000 or something like yeah, that so like, I mean, yeah 98 98 so, to 100 I'm not sure So when you when you look when you look at it you know as we talk about the optics on this on this broadcast um you know that that's not something that's particularly encouraging I remember taking you know the, o- Oklahoma had a huge spring game um you know weekend with with a ton of big commitments and I and I looked at some of the pictures from you know from the prospects and stuff that were there and kind of looking in the stands and and the, the end zone sections were pretty barren but you know what I mean it still got the job done in terms of you know creating a good enough atmosphere for the kids to feel good about it you know yeah I saw a similar picture from Oklahoma State and you could tell that they put all the fans on one side of the field so <laughs> the camera would show that the you know it looked like there was a big crowd, but really it was you know it was an eighth of the stadium was full. You know, so that's the old uh, pro wrestling broadcast trick, right? Exactly, and I love that trick. I think that's a smart. Sometimes that I watch like you know a women's basketball game or something, and there'll be you know sparse seats. I'll be like, why do they do that? Put everyone on the same side. You know, let's make it look nice at least for the folks at home. So uh, anyway, my point was. I understand Pruitt's frustration. I think he was mad with how the team played, but forty the, the Tennessee fans. You know, you could you can complain about different things with them if you want, but you know, showing up for games is not and enthusiasm for the team is not one of them. The team's coming off one of the worst seasons in in recent memories with all the chaos. You know, they're not just going to come pouring in. They need to be brought in. You know, they need to see some good games and. I, I don't blame them for being a little bit cautious. And guess what? If they win, I promise you that stadium will be full. Look at that game they played against Virginia Tech a couple of years ago in the at the racetrack. I mean, it was like the biggest crowd in college football history, and I promise you it was 75% Tennessee fans. So anyway, moving on from that one, I just think that's something interesting that people – actually, when I Googled spring game attendance, I found uh, – I found an article, a reminder from College Football Talk, a reminder that spring game attendance is useless, uh, but some schools love it. And it's an article about, you know, uh, who had the most and and who didn't, you know. So, uh, by the way, uh, yeah, I mean, look at some of these numbers. You know, Tennessee last year had announced 68,000. The year before that, 63. The year before that, 67. So, I mean, then they announced 65. So, you know. What whatever you know, for, cut them some slack, coach. They they love you and they're going to support you. So, all right, moving on. Grayson High School here in Georgia. We spent a lot of time there. When you say Nick, all over the years, dating back to the old Robert Kimdichi days, a number one player in the country. Uh, that little you know, setting our stuff behind that little ram for protection. Um, <laughs> it was a big day for them as four players committed. Uh, earlier this week, I believe on Tuesday night, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so it was last night. 
And the news, we saw a lot of people. We saw Kenyatta Watson, who was a four-star DB, commit to Texas, which was a surprise. Wanya Morris committed to Tennessee, who, you know, Wanya, Wanya, I'm not sure how you say it. Uh, one of the top 20 players in the country, offensive lineman, huge for Tennessee. Uh, Owen Papo, who's been on the scene since the eighth grade, uh, he committed to Auburn over Georgia, which surprised some people. And Kevin Harris spurned uh, Miami and LSU to go to Alabama. So obviously – those were all four. Those were big, big items. We're not going to necessarily break down each one, especially because it's so early. But I wanted to kind of spin it into a Texas, spin it forward. And we're talking about optics, by the way. Uh, Texas. They got D. Gabriel Floyd out of California, four-star linebacker. I think he was a DB at one point in his, in his life earlier on uh, on the camp circuit. Then you look at Kenyatta Watson from Atlanta. And all of a sudden, Texas is recruiting nationally. I kind of wanted to get your take, Nick. What is, what's the vibe in you know among the Texas prospects and coaches about them doing that? And you know, do we think Texas is on the point to where they could get rolling to a to a point where they are taking you know not just a guy here or a guy there? I mean, these are especially in the case of Floyd. I mean, he was committed to USC before Watson was committed to Florida State before. These are guys that were definitely wanted in their region. So, so what's your take on what Texas has been able to do recently? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, the there's been a there's been a little bit more of a, a shift, I guess you could say, like Alabama just came through and offered a bunch of kids in Texas. Um, you know, a couple, a couple other programs have started to take a more active uh, interest in the state. Meanwhile, I think I, I don't know. I think it just kind of feels like Texas really um, accomplished what they wanted to in last year's class. And now they're you know, now they're kind of um, <clears throat> looking to you know, sort of expand their brand outside of the state as opposed to, um, you know, keep, keeping it as, as local as they did, as they did last year. I, I think it's part of a, whether it's, whether it's on purpose or not, I think it's part of like a kind of like a multi-year strategy to sort of, uh, rebuild the brand, uh, to, to a national, to a level of national prominence. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I don't mean to, uh, cross a Texas fan by by saying that that wasn't the case before, but uh, certainly goal number one last year was to win the state of Texas in recruiting. They did that. Goal number two now is to it, you know if if an Ohio State is going to come in, if an Alabama is going to come in, if LSU is going to keep trying, uh, Oklahoma obviously is having a lot of success in the Dallas area. Um, you know if they're you know if they're going to if they're going to continue uh, to to stay. Or if they're going to push forward, rather to to be at a level uh, in the college football realm as far as the games are played on the field, to be competitive with those programs, they need to get back to a point where they're recruiting nationally and not just winning in their own state because they're already competing with all those programs to recruit just within their own state. So I think now you're, you know you're you're, you're I, I think Texas has been a little choosier uh, about the guys that they have chosen to pursue within the state. Um, you know, and obviously we're, we're seeing him have a little bit of success with guys outside of the state, but I think, you know, I think it's part, I think it's part of kind of an overarching strategy to sort of attract, uh, talent on a national basis to, you know, to, to be, uh, on that level of a program now again. Yeah. And I think it, it's worth noting from the time they were, let's say the last time they played a national championship game, TCU is way better. TCU is in the big 12. Now you mentioned they're, you know, they are obviously recruiting the state, uh, a lot of other schools that have dipped into the state and kind of gotten entrenched there now. So I don't think they need to stray too far from Texas for a lot of people. But 
if you're talking, you know, elite players or especially players at a position, I don't know what, what DBs look like in the state of Texas this year, but, you know, Kenyatta Watson, this is a versatile guy, could play multiple positions. I, I, I really like to pick up DeGabriel Floyd the same way. And I was talking, you know, I talked with one of the Texas coaches a couple months ago, and he told me that sometimes they'll go into another state, uh, even especially out in California, and the guys love it. Out, and they love that Texas brand. Texas, of course, beat USC. All right, did USC beat Texas? Uh, I'm going to mix that one up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, what but, that, but that was but that was a really that was a really close back and forth game. You know, that, they went into overtime. I think you know, so it was really. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I'm trying to remember what happened. Anyway, but that sometimes that's all it takes to resonate with recruits. Is oh man, Texas came in here and. Played played USC tough, you know. Oh yeah, it was it was twenty seven twenty four in overtime. So excuse me, I, for some reason, I had my mind ahead of me. But they play again this year too. So I just think you know California, they've got some cachet. This is a big win for them. You know, Kenyatta and, and you know his dad is also you know knows a lot of the kids. He he coached them when they were younger. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know they're not done. Maybe in the state of Georgia. Uh, and, and, you know, do I think they're going to go recruit people in Iowa or whatever? No, but I think if you're reaching into football hotbeds, if you're reaching into Florida, Texas, California, and Georgia, uh, you know, you can't go wrong there. So, so big, uh, major big shout to Texas and, and for, for continuing to build, uh, their class there. So, all right, moving on, Nick, it's time for tweet of the week. <laughs> you better hope that mediocre money that you make it rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a tweet of the week. Uh, I'm sure you don't, right? I, I, you know, I, I've been finding a lot of, I've been finding a lot of tweets that I've found entertaining. None, none from uh, prospects per se, but I, I mean, the, the pro the problem that we're having here lately is Kanye West. And that's, <laughs> that's the long and short of the whole, <laughs> the whole scenario here. Yeah, he's uh, really taken over Twitter, hasn't he? I haven't seen a lot. Of, I did see a lot of people complaining about these new uniform rules. Which, oh, yeah, uh, that's I, true. I totally agree I mean, with I Alvin Kamal. We, we, we didn't even talk about that. Maybe that should have been something we, we talked about as a point, well, of, but, point of conversation. I'm a little concerned about the source of that tweet. So before we really talk about it, I want to make sure – I'd like to check in with someone to make sure it's legit. I, I can tell you that I really hate uh, – Oh, here we go. I do have a tweet of the week. I really hate the refs stopping games to make kids pull their knee pads over their knees. It drives me crazy at high school games. So <laughs> one thing that happened in the last two weeks, J. Cole put out his new album, right? And I saw oh, a lot of people listening to it. You like J. Cole or not? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not a... I'm I'm more of a, a pick and choose kind of guy with with my hip hop music, but uh, you know well, whatever I make fine. you listen to, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> J, I, listen, I like the idea of J Cole. I think he's a good rapper, but I don't listen to his music. If that makes uh, sense, you know what I mean. Uh, I don't actively dislike him. I I think he's a I think he's a better rapper than ninety nine percent of the music we we're forced to listen to on a weekly basis. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, Billboard tweets, J. Cole announces his new album, K.O.D., out Friday. Uh, at which point, Ted Mitchell, who is a wide receiver at the University of Carson Numer and a Gush brand ambassador, says, I don't like his music, but that's just me. And he puts the, 
little emoji of the guy doing the X, I guess is what it is. Oh, no, it's the, excuse me, it's the shrugging emoji. Now, one person responds and says, you're getting unfollowed. And our boy Amari Rogers <laughs> retweets him and says, yeah, that's just you. <laughs> Made me laugh. I don't know why these tweets, these tweets only entertain me. But he said, I don't like his music. That's just me. And Amari says, yeah, that's just you. So uh, got 54 likes. I was I was really surprised <laughs> at some of this stuff. So I, I did. I did listen. I did give it a brief listen. Uh, you know, if if it did, if if his songs didn't didn't catch me in the first uh, in the first minute, I moved on to the next because I was kind of in a in the middle of some other things. I did I did enjoy Kevin's Heart as a song. I think there were a couple others on there that I liked too. But uh, right. but, but you know, it's, hey, everything you know with music now in general too. You, you know, everything's such a a, a non committal circumstance because of the the Spotify's and the Pandora's of the world. It's not like you have to. You remember those days when you had to be like, all right, I, you know, am I going to drop, you know, $16 on this CD right now? You know? Yeah. yeah. Does it have the parental advisory? Do you get duped into buying one that is accidentally edited? Boy, what a disaster. Jeez. Talk about for me, was, I was listening to West Coast Gangster Rap at the time, as evidenced by our intro and outro, courtesy of M. Deuce. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough one. So, uh, I didn't listen to it. I should listen to it. You know, the only the only music I listen to that's uh, you know of a newer ilk is uh, our boy Kendrick Lamar, who I think a lot of people uh, share some. I think he shares uh, some similar styles with uh, J. Cole. So anyway, all right, moving on. Not exactly exciting tweet of the week. Segment. Didn't Ken- didn't Kendrick just win like a Pulitzer or something? Uh, yes, he did win the Pulitzer. <laughs> So I, I I was having this conversation with with a with a friend of mine about that, and you know, and I'm I I said if I'm common and I'm seeing or J Cole even, and I'm seeing Kendrick Lamar win a Pulitzer, you know, I got to be like, eh. yeah, yeah, maybe Chuck D back in the day, I would say even not, Tupac. Not to, I mean, yeah, because it's not you know it's not to say that one's better than the other, but it's like you know, I mean, there's there are some blatantly socially aware songs and lyrics that you would think would be more up uh, up the alley of the of the Pulitzer committee more so than who, I guess they're just trying to show how cool they actually are. Who knows? I mean, you know, once Greg Kahn got nominated for a Pulitzer, I mean I kinda <laughs> Hey, it's it's just a it's just an honor to be nominated. <laughs> oh, that's an inside joke, folks, for only me and Nick probably. Uh all right, moving on, it's time for answer recommendations. Now, boy, you have a controversial one, Nick, but I'm going to do mine foist here. Uh, speaking of which, did you listen to that podcast I texted you over the weekend of the guy saying this and that? Uh, no, I, I no, I haven't. Okay, put that on the list. I forgot about that. Because he really says voiced and foist and all types of things. <laughs> that really, really made me laugh. I was laughing until the, he was wrongfully sent to jail for like 30 years or whatever. But, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, you know, I don't want to get too much into my personal life, but one of my family members, uh, you know, died recently. It was sad. Uh, you know, I went up and said sorry and everything before that happened and said my goodbyes, you know, and it was sort of happened quickly. Okay. You know, she got sick and then she died and, and it was tough. Right. So uh, it happens though. People be dying as I often tell uh, people in my life. So this past week it was her birthday right now. Facebook has a feature in which you can tell people, uh, 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which you can tell people. I just saw another message here because <laughs> I didn't check this. Did we have breaking news or what? No, no. It was, uh, you know, it, it was sad. Uh, one of my relatives in Italy uh, had, had posted as well here. So she died. It was her birthday uh, recently. Uh, Facebook lets you memorialize people's uh, Facebook pages, uh, which I don't, I'm not sure how you do. I think you contact them or whatever. But her Facebook is still up and running almost like it's nothing ever happened, right? Well, you know, and there were a lot of people who went on here and said, you know, hey, we, you know, we miss you. Happy birthday. Well, uh, you know, we got some people who come on here and, and it's clear that they didn't know she died. Wishing, wishing... <laughs> <laughs> wishing you, well, you did say it happened pretty quick so. right but it was two months ago now we had the funeral it was there were notices i missed the funeral while you and i were in san francisco wishing you a very happy birthday enjoy your special day linda <laughs> come on man my point is people now just go on here and like robots tell people happy birthday. And then you have other people after they get told all these happy birthdays. Oh, I am beyond. I am so taken aback. I'm so blessed to have all these friends and family. No, you're not. It's just people get reminded that it's their birthday and they come and they just write HBD. You know what? If you put HBD on my thing, I'm going to unfriend you immediately. You're gone. I'm sorry. And if you, I used to be able to, I used to, one of my gifts used to be, I'd memorize people's birthdays. Hey, I know it's this person's birthday. It's that person's birthday. Well, once F Facebook ruined it, that was a talent at one time has now been one, another job classically replaced by technology. I, I don't even know when your birthday is, Nick. It's in August or something, right? That's all I know. Cause I'm relying on Facebook to tell me, I don't even barely know my own birthday. So it just goes to show. No, you know your birthday because we all hear about it after the fact. Yeah, well, <laughs> if it wasn't good enough. Guess what? You got technology reminding you, and yet you barely remember. So I don't want to hear from you, mister. Uh, Stuff right. your stories in the sack. Um, so, so anyway, uh, listen, before you tell someone happy birthday, at least check to make sure. The make sure they're still alive. <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, my, you know, uh, my right, writing, H, writing HBD is the equivalent to, uh, wait, how let down were you when you used to get your yearbook signed and people would just write KIT? <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Keep, keep it, in, keep in touch. Oh, KIT. I thought you said P. I'm sorry. Nobody would do that. Nobody would do that at my school. It would be like, stay, don't, what was it? Like, don't ever change. What was that? Don't, yeah, don't ever change. Have a nice <laughs> That was a classic one. Have a great well, we, know, we, we know you haven't, that's for sure. Yeah, I haven't changed at all. Uh, <laughs> just ask our girl Kayla Shanahan, who got shunned by me when the last time I was out in Oregon. Uh, don't ever change. I'm not. I hold a grudge forever. Uh, to believe me, you can ask plenty of people in and around uh, the Rivals.com universe about that. So, all right. So just please, you know, I know it's a little uh, ghoulish, that topic, but Think before you just go tell some random person happy birthday uh, on Facebook. So, Nick, you have now. I have a feeling we're going to argue about this one. So let's 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 hear what you got here. Okay. All right. So this is you know this is something that's been uh, in the back of my mind for a really long time, and uh, you know, and it was something that I've always thought about, always 
or not always thought about, but like always, you know, kept in there and, uh, you know, and, and certain, certain things bring it back to me. And then I remember how upset I am by it. But, um, and I know, I know this is, this is a touchy subject because it's one of your favorite movies we're about to talk about, but, um, let me, I'm trying to think of the best way to approach this. Okay. So without naming which, which company this is, because you know, you never know if there could be a potential sponsor down the road. But it's a, it is definitely a company that is known for doing quirky, semi-funny in some cases, commercials for their product. And the premise of this particular commercial was the Wicked Witch of the West was at a water park, getting ready to go on a water slide, gets on the water slide, immediately melts and blames, you know, the person manning the slide or whatever, which... Uh, you know, which inherently seems like, you know, if 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 you know one thing is going to kill you, why are you going to a park made of that thing? Right. Uh, which which is kind of what my issue with the with the Wizard of Oz is at the end of the movie. Uh, I mean, it seems like we're, we're getting into a situation with Dorothy. All the odds are stacked against her. There's you know, it, it's it's a it's a it's a hopeless situation. You know, not, nothing's nothing's going to work out her way. And then just conveniently, you know, the, the, it's like it's like the writers got to this point of the movie without realizing, like, they were just like, oh, we'll, we'll figure out an ending when we get there. And then they got to the ending and they're like, uh, how are we going to how are we going to get her out of this scenario? And then their best answer was just, oh, let's just spill some water on the bad guy and have her melt. And then she gets out of the problem. Like, it, like, wh- how how is that? How is that the 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 best thing that you could come up with and on top of that why is why is the witch keeping something that she knows is going to kill her and melt her in close proximity to her i just don't i just don't see how that makes any sense and why you know one of the consensus greatest movies of all time has one of one of the most nonsensical endings as well all right fair you make some good points what does she drink does she just not drink anything well, I mean, if you, I mean, you know, her skin does look pretty. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she, not a lot of liquid. <laughs> now, Some kind of witch's brew. And are her and the good witch are they sisters or no? Mm, maybe half sisters. Yeah, I don't know. That that gets into some wicked type stuff. Which I, I wish they would have made a like a normal wicked movie at some point if it was allegedly tied in with the Wizard of Oz. So oh, anyway, in my and my and the other the last the last point that I'll make is it. it let, let's say let's say that is her weakness. Let's let's make some reference to it earlier in the movie, right? right? Like a Chekhov's gun situation, right? So it's so it's not just like so it's not just like out so clearly out of the blue, you know, two hours into your you know into your movie viewing experience. No, I feel you want it to be like, oh, that was a close call. I almost got water spilled on me. You know, yeah, it's uh, all really one line, right? Well, maybe blame it on the editor. Here's my retort. The whole thing is a fantasy sequence because she's knocked out. She's got con- con- she's in concussion protocol. Okay, so it's all a dream, as uh, our boy Bicky would say. You know, right up from from Rob's neck of the woods. Uh, the whole the whole thing was just a was just a dream sequence. I thought you were going to complain more about that than about because uh, you know, she wakes so up. All, so all of the complexity of the rest of the movie. Every, every, all the, all the unique, crazy, detailed things that go on in the rest of the movie. And, and it all just comes down to just spilling some water. <laughs> and that's, 
<laughs> well, not to mention <laughs> clicking her heels together. Remember, she could have done that at any point in the movie. They even right, said- but that wasn't that. Expl- that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Wasn't that put in early in the movie? It's been a long time since I've seen Wizard of Oz. Well, they, and but, they mentioned, you know, she mentions, uh, you know, the secrets have been with you all along. You know, you just have to, you know, click your heels. Hey, oh, you know what? The the Wicked Witch's sister gets killed by the house that do- that lands on her. So I don't know what the Good Witch's relation is to the because that's why the Wicked Witch is so mad at Dorothy. <laughs> speaking of speaking of, they're from Kansas, and some reason her name is Dorothy. Uh, you know, she's from Florida. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm walking here. I'm walking here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good point, Nick. You make some good points, but it's a kids' movie, so you know, mm. guess what? Take that for data. Uh, and, and, and and we should let people know too. I did send you a tweet of somebody begging for uh, medical assistance on Twitter that I gave my seal of approval to. Right? You can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somebody needed blood or something like that, which it came up uh, yesterday at the doctor that I don't know my own blood type. So um, I don't know mine. Yeah, I don't know mine. How are you supposed to know that? You know, guess what? They'll f- if I ever need blood, I won't be figuring it out for someone else to be figuring it out for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't. I don't need blood. Believe me, I got enough mass here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We've got no tweets. We've got no reviews. Sad. This podcast is failing. Let me check. Let's, let's check the. Let's check the ratings. Are they terrific? Tremendous. Big. Bigly ratings or not? Uh, well, ratings are down across the board. Last week's episode, the NFL draft preview, did not do so hot. Come on, people. Well, that was a that was a a turbulent. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. We did have some ups and downs. So, uh, big shout to M. Deuce, boy, he's he's all over the place. We might have to have him stop in at Old Boise State and do an interview, considering how much time he's spending in Idaho these days. And uh, we're going to ask him to do a big favor and make another podcast uh, intro for another podcast in the Rivals Network, if I remember to ask him, which I just realized I forgot. So, anyway. That's it for us, right, Nick? We'll be back with another episode next week, hopefully with our main man, Brooklyn Rob Cassidy. You can give us a lowdown on where you raise pizza, original raise, famous original raise, which one you go to. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes and uh, be sure to tell a friend. We'll be back next week. <laughs>